transformation and getting clear on how to be on point with your purpose in this lifetime. This is an incredibly inspiring podcast with special guest Kelly Hurley, and you're listening to Music Spirit and Accountability with Jay Hode and Michael Cooper. Kel, so excited to have you here today, and thank you so much for making the time to speak with us. Um, firstly, how are you today? Well, I'm actually amazing. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, our pleasure. Um, I'd love to just uh, invite you to tell everyone a little bit about the work that you do, because it's pretty phenomenal work. And um, yeah, I think I'll just hand it straight over to you and we'll open it from there. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I'm Kelly Hurley and I'm energetically inspired. Um, I work energetically with a lot of people. I look at the transformation that needs to happen for them to come into their true self and the true essence. So a lot of the time that is through the dark night of the soul and our awakening, working with the nervous system and the coping patterns and mechanisms and just giving intuitive insight into the things that create looping patterns that we get stuck in and struggle to move forward so that our life evolves and that we can find purpose, passion to thrive, right? So I kind of blend a lot of different things, but generally energy and transformational work. When you say dark night of the soul, that really um, ignites so many possibilities into my mind. What does that mean to you? And I'd, I'd love to hear Mike's interpretation of whatever comes out of your mouth after this. What does dark night of the soul mean, Kel? For me and my personal opinion of is that it's the initiation of our soul's purpose passion our true essence to come alive a lot of the time it's basically where we break down anything that's not aligned to us anymore and destruction um, leading us into shattered dreams and so many different aspects coping mechanisms that we've you know taken on as a child I mean for me it was literally going through my divorce and the abuse right and it led me into this deep reflection and realization and healing so that I could actually start to reach for my edges of who who am I like what was I here to actually deliver to this world and we start asking deeper questions of ourselves in the universe so for me it's it's the western world's initiation process and a lot of other tribal cultures have initiations that bring us into our purpose and our path here in our society we don't have that we're kind of taught what we should be and who we should be through our parents and school and all the different things that you know are programmed or imprinted onto us and so often they actually limit us from being actually what and who we're meant to be yeah i feel that um deeply kel thank you for sharing and you just spoke that so well and so clearly mike i'm just gonna hand it over to you brother what are you feeling thank you brother thank you kelly um that one deeply resonated with me because as you were speaking I, I could feel all that and just through my own experiences of my dark nights of the soul similar story to you with um one of mine being my divorce which was a real reckoning that was a shattering of everything that i knew it to be my whole world seven pillars of life got absolutely crashed and left me wondering like who am i and i had no answer at that point and then you brought in the the nature-based people or our indigenous cultures where they have their initiations and I've recently said with Jay how my vision quest was dismantling my mind and watching it unpack itself till I was left with the rawest essence of myself 
to only then sit with myself. And that was a beautiful version of the dark night of the soul. I didn't find that as challenging or as difficult with this shattering of the old ways. So yeah, I deeply resonate with what you said and through my own experiences, that's exactly what I've experienced hundred percent. We've had this conversation before Kel about, you know, growing up in say first world culture compared to third world culture, so to speak. Um, and I call it silver platter syndrome. Okay. So maybe the first world countries, um, have everything handed to them a little bit, bit more, uh, often. So they turn out maybe a little differently. So why do you think that is with this dark night of the soul, for instance? And, um, I don't know, just from what I just shared, what, what do you think about that? Yes, there's definitely that. I mean, we definitely have things handed to us, but also when they're handed to us, we also have this perception that we're, that's what our world's meant to be. Right. So we're lucky we have education and we were, we chose to be born in this society. Right. So we chose to have some of these things, but there's also this real heavy constructs around it, around judgment and what's acceptable and, you know, what we're told we need to be as well. So I find that, yes, that can really impact us because we have this sort of, I guess, I'm trying to look for the word. It's like almost like we're deserving of certain things, right? And that we feel that these things should come to us maybe easily and then we struggle when life doesn't flow like that that we have these visions and dreams. I mean, for me, that silver platter is get married. You have a house with a white picket fence. You have the children and you do these things. And then I got there and then my world basically imploded. And this vision and dream that I thought I'd received on the silver platter literally was just almost ripped out from under me. And my world imploded because I didn't have any other visions and dreams. I really didn't know who I was, what actually made me thrive, what ignited me into passion and purpose. And so often, I guess, when we're given things on a silver platter, at the same time, things are taken away because we're, we lose those essences around as a child, what we love, you know, maybe we wanted to be an artist and we were told that's not what we should do because there's no money in it. And, you know, all the stories that come along with it. Right. So, or, you know, our sensuality is a big thing for me. You know, I was always had these these beliefs that that's not acceptable, you know, that, that sexuality and sensuality are combined. So as much as you get things like given to you on a silver platter, there's these perceptions that we gain that really limit us from being truly connected to ourselves and living from a place that actually inspires us and makes us thrive and learning how to lean into our bliss and how to actually feel emotions, you know, because I kind of think in some ways we don't have a lot of emotional support with a lot of, you know, our feelings and emotions just toughen up. Things are fine. You know, we got it easy. And so we actually suppress certain parts of ourselves because we're also handed other things on a platter. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's it's so interesting that thing too. Like when we 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 get where we think we want to be, and then how it doesn't turn out uh, anything like we thought it was going to, um, or then also sitting in that, and maybe you know the other side of that when 
people actually have it really good, but they still think the grass is green, greener on the other side, you know? Um, it's, it's interesting, that journey of life, of all these things we go through to get to these points, to learn these things and everything. I, I, I know a little bit about your journey, Kel, and some of the hardships that you've been through. And that seems to be a really consistent pattern with a lot of these incredible humans that we're blessed to work with is that they've been through so much. And I guess we all have, right? Like um, no matter where you're at in that, in that journey, but we all go through so many things, but it's often those really heavy traumas that make the magic. And is that part of the work that you are doing with helping people come, maybe creating a new reality, reality around some of those situations? Definitely. So I guess my first journey and program was immersion into yourself because that was sort of the journey I'd been on finding who I was and connecting back to who I was supposed to be. Right. And what gave me purpose and how do I love life? How do I actually, like you're saying, the grass is greener on the other side, instead of constantly seeking something to make us happy and that it's actually, how do we actually feel gratitude and love for ourselves right now in this moment? Because it's truly the only moment that exists. And so it's definitely been a huge piece for me. I mean, for me, I think a lot of mystical people and a lot of people that, um, shine bright usually have experienced the depths of darkness their their true deep pain to feel life in its bliss as well we actually have to see the spectrum of energy because they're not separate you know and that's where a lot of people shy away from those painful pieces and suppress them and go into addiction or looping patterns and actually get really stuck in it and never move forward and So I help people sort of see what's the pattern, how do we break down the energetics, so often having awareness around what is going on um, kind of gives us hope to how do we take those steps forward and actually start to shift so we have a better vibration. I love that. Mike, I see you uh, taking this all in here, brother. How are you feeling and uh, what's what's coming up for you, man? Yeah, the, the piece around those that tend to shine such a bright light is only because they have met the depths of their darkness and which makes them it gives them perspective it gives them the full spectrum of emotions feelings and mm-hmm. and experience as well um and so often i think society sees these people who are pedestaled maybe or gurus or whatever they may be and neglect to look at what they went through to get there mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely Definitely. So, Kel, what does a um, what does a session with you look like? I feel like it's when someone asks me, "How do you write a song?" Um, well, there's a million ways you can do it, but if someone come comes to you and wants to have a session with you, um, what would that look like? Well, it depends on where they are in their journey. Now, I think my screen's frozen, but it's okay. It's, an, it's a podcast. It's <laughs> all good. I'm like, hang on. I think I'm still in I'm time, still right? caught in the moment um yeah so i guess that's a really hard question to answer because everybody is at a different point they're all experiencing different patterns or energy Um, a lot of time it is actually helping them reset their nervous system energetically so that we can start to shift out of the coping mechanisms and that fight and flight response because as we're evolving our nervous system is actually quite overwhelmed because it's constantly in a new environment and it doesn't have these Mm. same 
like perceptions or stories, everything's shifting. And so our nervous system is always on when it's anything's new in its environment until we teach it to actually resettle. It's always supposed to be perceiving for threats. So anything is new, it's got to scan for that. But if we've got a lot of trauma and emotions and we're in that darkness, we struggle to actually be able to see things more clearly. So it's really teaching how do we get our body energetically to go back into homeostasis so that we can then start actually tapping into our own intuition so we can start to feel good so we have a little bit more clarity of the mind instead of being heavily caught up in flags and stories and fear. Yeah. Yeah, wow. You, you just articulate things so well to me, uh, in, in my opinion, Kel. It's just it's so so beautiful to hear you speak. So could you give a couple of examples of things that you might do to um you know, to, to do what you just said, basically, like, how would you how would you do that um, to bring people to that that state or to bring people to that awareness? And also just to add on to that question, where did you learn to do this? And when did you realize that this is what you were going to do, like to maybe inspire some other people out there that are thinking about getting into these, um, you know, things that are uh, these unique, um, magical kind of skill sets almost? Yeah, so I guess I'm blessed because I've got clear cognance and clear sentience is my gift. So when people are actually with me and I then can tune in as they start to speak, I can feel. So as they're saying things, I also start to see pieces they are not actually seeing. So that way I've got more awareness. Um, I can also feel into the field what is the priority for them to work with because so often people come in and go, I need to work on this and it's actually there's... Uh, you know, pulling the block out from underneath that actually allows that to crumble in. Otherwise, they're still just dealing with the surface level stuff. Um, and then I will read their chakras because rebalancing the energetic systems are really, really vital. So I'll read the chakras, balance the chakras, and I flush the triple warmer meridian system, which runs across the forehead, down the neck and into the shoulders to help that that system go back straight into homeostasis because your actual energetics can't be read properly if that system is actually engaged. And interesting enough, almost every client that comes through the door now since the pandemic um, has got this system quite heavily activated. So set, resetting that means I can actually read their chakras more clearly and then I'm getting a better perception of actually what is the debris that needs to be cleaned out. And then I just start teaching them tools um, whether it's it's how to pivot ourselves, you know, so the stories of the echo, you know, we clear things out of our field and then um, our mind wants to call that back because that's what it calls normal, right? So uh, having that awareness, oh, my, you know, I'm going back into my physical mind calling back that energy so I'm stuck in this pattern again and then repeating that energetically how do I stop that how do I clear that once we've cleared that and have awareness and what is the step that we replace beyond that so whether it's teaching them to start living in their heart and raising and expanding themselves in an alpha frequency there's so many different tools and techniques it really depends on every individual um, I guess because nobody fits in a block and nobody's awakening or nobody's, you know, responses and what's caused their trauma are the same. Um, some people need to start working in feeling and using maybe how to actually start using their senses so they can become more present in the moment instead of being distracted by the mind. Because anytime we use our, our senses, we're, we're actually tapping into the body and being able to then 
um, use our consciousness to feel that part of our body, right? So it's calming the mind and it's allowing ourselves to actually start to enter into it homeostasis. And that's, I guess, why a lot of people use breath work because we're concentrating on our breath, you know, and feeling more into the body. But we can use feather touch and, you know, so I just to use lots and lots of different tools depending on the individual as to what I feel they might need. Um, second question, what was that again, Jay? Um, yeah, my question was um, just about uh, where did you learn this uh, on, along your journey? And I, I think that's a really important one because I often hear of these people taking years to step into their, their craft and somehow mysteriously learning that. So how did you stumble that you had these skills? Um, I've always been clear cognizance. I did try and shut that down as a child. And so that also shut down. I kept my clear cognizance, but I shut down my clear sentience then so that I couldn't feel what other people were feeling because their judgment and perceptions really closed me down. Like I was like, I felt like I was abnormal as a child because when I would speak things that I knew, um, people were like, how does she know that? Especially adults, because I guess as a child, I'm you know, in my forties now back then, you know, teachers and things like that going, hang on, how does she know these things? And I picked that up. So then I started shutting part of those things down. Um, as I kind of led into my 20s, I started to really dabble more into my intuition and my clear cognizance and learning to really trust that part of myself. Um, and then it was really in my own experience of feeling my own pain and using these tools and techniques that I was learning through various different modalities over the years. You know, I've been doing this work for eight years now and, you know, started with Reiki and I became a Reiki master. I actually was... Um, Funny enough, my intuition was strengthened through animal communications because I was a vet nurse and I was just curious. So I started talking to animals and had to read 50 different animals and a series of questions. And I basically got 98% right. And I, I was blown away as to through a photo that I was able to actually relay this information back to people and see things that weren't actually in front of me. Um, and that sort of, I guess it was just a journey from there. I, my own dark night of the soul definitely, you know, was a big piece because everything I teach I've used mm -hmm. and I am the archetype of the wounded healer. Uh, for years, I didn't like that because I wanted to be this perfect healer, you know, that didn't have all these things going on. And yet now I'm so connected to the consciousness. I can feel the energy of what's arising and sometimes we'll have to process through that. But it also means that I'm relatable with my clients. Um, a lot of the tools and techniques, whether it was energy medicine or vibrational medicine, different things that I just actually just started using for me because it was a, it was something that extremely interested me. I didn't actually dive into these things because I wanted to be a healer. I was actually drawn to them and using them for myself and just was passionate about it. And I started just doing it on friends and family and using it on myself because I actually didn't have the belief system in myself that I was this healer, you know, and that was a journey of learning to have confidence and strength and seeing that my, as I did it, I was like, wow, more confirmation about what I, how I'm sharing or what I'm sharing and what I'm picking up just gave me that, um, confidence I guess along the way but I've done heaps of modalities over the years because for me 
nobody's in a box, you know, and when they come in, it's like, okay, I don't just want to use one set of skills for any one client because it's limiting them. Sometimes it's usually a blend of a heap of modalities that I bring together because that helps that individual. So not no one session is the same. I generally still always do work the nervous system and chakra systems, but besides that, it can just flow. And yeah. Um, and, and again, I guess it's funny. I actually started, I have to say some of the certificates I did do, I had the awareness and knowledge already there, but I felt like people needed the certificate <laughs> so that they could see, Oh, you know, yep. She's done some study, done but I actually had used a lot of the skills and practice the modalities beforehand and then when got the skills just to satisfy the public which again now i'm like oh you know your work speaks for itself not needing the paper to say that i'm great at something Mm -hmm. i love that um kel you said you know you started experiencing some of these gifts as a child um I actually don't know the exact definitions of the of the couple of terms that you've used of some of the work that you do. So if you feel to elaborate on explaining what that actually is um, um, and also these things that I'm looking forward to hearing the definition of um, seem to be quite common in kids. Like the way the the words that you said to explain them, it gave me enough to know like, oh, I've heard this a lot with, with kids and something that's often um you know maybe disappears as maybe it's to do with the third eye chakra or you know what what is going on there um and yeah love to hear your thoughts around all all of that i i suspect you're talking about claircognance is that Uh, maybe yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so claircognance is actually um i mean most people know clairvoyance right but claircognance is actually a pure knowing okay there's it's just i know something no okay, information okay. is put in front of me it's not a vision it's a, a, a thought or it's not even a thought it's just i know something and it's clear um clairsentience is where i can actually when i go into the healing sessions sometimes i'll start to experience physical discomfort in my own body right to actually identify where that energy is sitting in their body so instead of seeing it i can feel but i find that takes me longer to sit there and feel into their body because sometimes they've got layers if i can actually feel a block and tune into their field as soon as i acknowledge it it removes itself from my body but then i can actually touch the physical point on that person's body as well um so but yeah you're right as a child i mean so often we're looking for our parents guidance or we know something and then we get shut down like our parents don't want us to know that or maybe they don't even have that perception or that understanding or like i said i remember one of my teachers when i said to her she was pregnant that she hadn't shared that with anybody and how did this little girl know when she was only at the early stages of her pregnancy and i remember the reaction it took me a long time to go back to that experience but that was one of those places where i was like oh you know am i doing something wrong here am i should i not know this information because i'm young we as children struggle to understand thought patterns and what's going on so then my own nervous systems come in to protect me and shut some of that down so that i was less likely to feel into other people's fields so that i wasn't being able to have that that judgment or 
you know, explain myself because I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain how I knew. I just knew. You know, it was the same with my mom when she was pregnant with the twins. Mum was like, oh, what am I having? And I was like, twins, like a boy and girl. And she's no, 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 one or the other. And I kept saying, it's boy and a girl. <laughs> and then she was, that was exactly what she was having. So, again, my mum was never one to judge. She's always been a little bit open to that stuff. But other people were definitely. So I just shut it down. And it wasn't till I was older that I learned to trust it again because I couldn't explain it. So if I couldn't explain it and justify it as a child, um, I felt like no one was gonna understand me and I wanted to fit in. I really wanted to be liked by people. I definitely took on some of that people pleasing aspects throughout my life and have learned to somewhat unravel some of that because I wanted to be liked. Therefore, I wanted to be like everybody else, but you can never be like everyone else or be liked by everyone else and that will limit us you know so that's part of my healing as well but that was my own personal healing yeah wow Kel. Uh, mike do you have any questions you wanted to ask brother i do kelly do you mind if we jump back a little while and mm -hmm. you referenced the meridian point across the forehead what was that called there was a triple warmer what is it triple warmer triple warmer yeah and then you referenced that since the pandemic that's been, people have been presenting with more potential blocks than you were seeing prior to that. Always like trying to find an edge and taking this podcast to an edge. Um, in your professional opinion, in your space, which you're an expert in, and that may not be a doctor by, you know, GP, general practice standards, but or an MD, but in your professional space, is there a correlation between vaccinations and that blockage coming through with the timing of that or is it just systemic because of COVID that everyone was locked down and shut down that part of that is shut down well if we looked at the vaccine a lot of people had it because they're in fear so we've injected something into the body in a fear state and could have potentially and i you know don't like to speculate done something to the nervous system in that response but on a collective level we're all energetically connected and that's where i kind of see it more so because a lot of my clients and not all of them haven't had the vaccine so I don't ask them. It's not a question I ask them, but sometimes that conversation just comes up naturally because um, I'm not here to judge whether they did or don't or whatever. Um, but I just found it really interesting that everyone that was coming in, I couldn't read the chakras properly. And that meant that it was impacting their nervous system, but also their immune system. It takes away from the autonomic systems within the body, our digestion, all those systems inside the body are actually being jeopardized by this triple warmer being activated because it is the fight and flight response. And on a collective level, because the collective was in such a fear state, whether it was perceiving that they're going to get sick or die or whatever it is, doesn't matter. We were energetically connected to that. So it just, it, it just became a thing. I received an intuitive um, channeling afterwards. And this kind of comes a little bit more into the Aquarian age um, that there is an upgrade happening in the nervous system and in the base chakra and in the fear response within the human collective. But the only way for that to happen is through a collective dark night of the soul. And so that, if you look at any pivotal time in history, 
that we've had something massive happen, um, say like the World War One, right? And if we look at the nervous system internally, it's like a home system seeking safety, right? And connection to our community and it's the coping mechanisms and all the things, it's all, all around safety, right? So whatever our inner child created as a child, as our coping mechanisms for safety are part of that home system we have. But on a collective level, then we go, okay, in World War One, the home system was broken down, that all of a sudden men were off in war and women all of a sudden had to come into the, the workforce, right? So it changed the dynamics of the actual home, right? And allowed the feminine to start to rise. So all of these things are actually playing out on a collective level to upgrade humanity, right? So for me, it, it was it the nervous systems are upgrading. There's an aspect of judgment that's slowly being changed in the collective, in the nervous system. But we have to actually sit with what is there and what do those pieces feel like and how do we work with that and how do we move through that? How do we break down our own internal coping mechanisms around the home systems and things like that? So, yeah, that kind of goes quite deep into, but it was interesting to channel that. And they've told my, my guides or wherever I receive my information from said that this will take a couple of generations to actually um, properly integrate into humanity because I was already born with those coping home systems. Yeah. My children already born by the time this pandemic happened. So judgment and the way their nervous system was or is calibrating is still somewhat connected to the previous generations. And so as much as they are, my son is much more sensitive and much more awakened. Um, and we have a lot more people awakening. Um, it's still a process that's going to happen over whether it's the next hundred years, I can't say they didn't give me a number, but it's it's an upgrade for everybody. Yeah, I love that. And I thank you for that as well, because I love that where you actually took that and the depth that you went to. So yeah, I really appreciate that and enjoyed that. I can also, I've had other people that I know in my space and probably similar people in our spaces share the same sentiments around that blockage is during that period that there was they where they could normally see and access the chakra system or as you said the triple warmer system they there was real blockages with it with a lot of people that came through quite systemically and the point about like the world war one you know that catalyst for change how that impacted the rise of the feminine and what that did for masculinity um i'd be really curious and if you've got any points and what you may have heard received or just your own intuitive guide is there any forecast of what this you know, we, like there's things in time where we've gone through the um, um, the information age or the industrial revolution. What was this? What will this catalyst be if there's anything? It's the age of energy, really. It's becoming the age of awakening and connecting to our true, like true vibrational sense. Um, even with the masculine and feminine, we're now kind of even knowing the feminine started to rise, there was also this unhealthy feminine that rise, you know, taking their power back and, you know, losing a lot of connection to the heart space and things like that. And now it's allowing the masculine to also the, the, the light masculine to rise as well. The union of those two are happening. And I kind of get also these messages around, 
the divine union process that happens within us when we integrate our own feminine and masculine like i went through this journey over the last five years or six years uh, through my divorce going from you know a wounded um, light feminine into my masculine to provide and do all the things for my children and then eventually having to soften but also then adapting into my dark feminine in my that's mm. touching into my sensuality and being able to feel right and own my boundaries and you know these pieces right so all these integrations happened within me which are also happening and happening in the masculine i feel there's a little bit more of a delay there and more feminine have moved forward than men but that's you know happening still um because that union between actually men and women mm -hmm. is going to bring a lot more heaven on earth a lot more love and a lot more yeah, just a lot more beauty and the healing power of it itself is next level. But yeah. it's still, there's very, not that many in our main collective society that even have understanding around what that divine union is actually going to awaken in our, our humanity. I've heard a uh, beautiful analogy of this and so well articulated um, just then by yourself if I could add to that, and the time frame was about five to 10 years. And the, there has been talk that, you know, in the old patriarchal system where the bird was flying with one, one wing, which is the right, right wing was just flapping. And then we've had the rise of the feminine, as you said, in the, in the wounded space. And then now they're rising with the divine feminine. And potentially this is the first time in history that the left and the right wing of the bird will be flying in union and mm -hmm. just wanted to just dovetail it on the back of what you said because it really loved what you spoke into so thank you mm, that's okay that's fine yeah i i see it myself i feel it in me and i feel that there's a much more drawing for that space and experiencing a little bit of that i the energetics of that was just phenomenal and so it's still a lot of work going on in in the men and the women around healing the nervous system the dark night of the soul the inner home systems whatever everything is all part of that union coming into fruitation and being part of our beautiful future and just honoring you for navigating that you know to go mm -hmm. through that your own dark night of the soul and to bring those two energies together within you and have that sacred inner union is divine and i would love to know and i'm sure our audience would love to know the juicy part of that what does that feel like what if you could describe that when you bring this sacred union in home and you have this divine inner union flowing and harmoniously working together what does that feel like and don't hold back on the juiciness <laughs> <laughs> for me it's it's really expansive and it's it's euphoric and it's almost orgasmic i yeah, when i've had is. a lot of yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I rang my girlfriends and, and when it was happening to me, because I, it was interesting the couple of times I've actually been like, what is this? Am I having a spiritual orgasm? Everything in my world right now, like tastes juicy. It's, you know, there was so much love, but there was just clarity, but there was also knowing and respecting boundaries around feeling deeply safe in my energy. And 
I was just vibrating and in such a high energy and I was like, wow, this is really phenomenal. But my mind was actually being triggered at the same time a little bit. And I just calmed it with my own breath and grounding. And the more I did that, the more the energy just kept rising. And it was, it's been a really beautiful experience, you know, to, to actually have that awakening go on in my body and see what we actually have the ability if we prime our nervous system and prime our body energetically, what we can actually feel and experience in pleasure of everything and we see things in just such a different light i remember afterwards reflecting going wow i remember hearing you know people like joe dispenza or other people speak about these you know you're no thing nowhere no place and it was like the this identity of kelly wasn't there i was just connected to everything and it just it was really divine i just expansive and really heart opening like it was everything i could feel love for even the pain i was just understanding that there was a bigger thing going on behind behind the scenes there and knowing it was all for a good reason and and that yeah so i you know sometimes will still slip into my old paradigm because i'm the wounded healer i still go feel the things that go on in the world and then i'm like having this knowing and awareness and experiences just are yeah phenomenal but yeah, extremely orgasmic, static. I just, there's lots of juicy words that can come with that. Yeah, I'm glad you went there. As I was asking, I, I, <laughs> I had the feeling. I'm glad you went there. Thank you for being so brave. I, um, and, and just for our audience, you know, my assumption, projection, maybe it's a projection, but there's, when they hear those words of deliciousness, orgasmic, ecstatic, they will probably correlate that back to sex, which is a finite period of time. It's like a, a three second window during a, a genital sneeze. But what I think you're referring to is systemically in every area, like even transmuting pain into pleasure. And it's just all encompassing all times. Would I be correct? Yeah, I, when, I've, when I've been really deeply in that energy and allowing that to actually breathe and ground, because the more grounded we are, the more higher we can raise our vibration. So grounding is vital to the physical body. And the more I breathe in the life force energy and knowing my breath, that was part of my own way of um, using homeostasis to calm my nervous system. So as things were moving, I just kept reassuring my nervous system things were okay and grounding and breathing, grounding and breathing. And then I just it just kept unraveling. And the experience was it, it went for hours i it was hours and hours that i was just like my touch to feel my body just to, like i said drinking water eating hearing the birds everything felt orgasmic and it was absolutely mind-blowing and i've had it happen a couple of times and this is my ego part of me is like give it to me again because that was just so good you cannot experience like it, i would just sit there and i'm like wow if we can tap into that in a sexual union then i i'm kind of really i don't know how yeah that might just be too mind-blowing i don't know <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's Where, it's phenomenal <laughs> I'm happy to have a uh, So am I. I'm definitely keen for that. I'm, I'm, I'm it's definitely out. on one of my goals lists, my bucket list. <laughs> Amazing. So well articulated. And thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, Kel, maybe one last question from me and then maybe Mike, you might have something else too, brother. Um, balancing this world, Kel, you know, the words and the realms that you work in maybe out of this world, you know, 
fifth dimension, whatever you want to call it, you say from my guides or whatever, like so casually, like, uh, you know, I get these messages from my guides or whatever, like, you know, it's just it's coming, whatever that is. How do you go blending that well, you know, those worlds, like the 3D and the 5D, like being functional as a as a mom as a you know with your career with just going to the supermarket to buy milk or whatever um you know with the the guidance and the messages like where i don't know how do you navigate that well i have to say that this is actually it is actually training your own um gifts because I might get a sense of people, but I'm not just turned on all the time by like walking around feeling everybody's energy. If I'm doing that, I'm just a sponge to mm-hmm. everything and anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to hear everyone else's stuff, right? That's It's just too much. On a collective level, I'm open because I'm connected there and anyone directly in my field. So when I'm working with my client, but it's like having a switch that I can turn on and off. Though my higher self will will throw things at me if I need to know something because it's vital to my experience, right? So I allow that, but I don't just walk around. So it's quite often I get people going when they meet me and realize that I have these gifts They're like, oh, so what do you read on me? What did you get? And I was like, I actually didn't read you. It's none of my business. It's actually invasion of privacy. And so often a lot of empaths and people like that it's actually part of their coping mechanism it's actually what they've established to as a child or throughout their lives through trauma to make them feel safe but then they're overwhelmed and they don't have that ability to turn things off so um and i always it's funny i've always had this perception of me being the glue between the two I am one foot in this paradigm and one foot in the other paradigm because most of my clients that come to me are not where i am they're on the way there or, you know, moving through things. But if I don't have my foot grounded still in the 3D and understanding what is going on in our collective and feeling those things too, um, again, people think I'm on a pedestal or I can't relate. They want someone they can relate to that actually gets the experience, gets the emotions, gets the patterns that actually occur within us. And so that's part of the wounded healer, right? So I still experience chaos and I have days where I'm like, okay, I'm out. I'm, I'm in my shit today, you know, and the mud's happening and, you know, but I unpack it really quickly and I've been able to train my nervous system to reset quickly. So I'm not stuck in that place. And that's been really really important piece for me um though i love the 5d world um <laughs> having children though, you know and having structure all the time you know like they're away this week and this morning i just tuned in and i did a deep process and i was able to give myself more time and space and all of a sudden i was just hit with all these channeled messages and things and you know and around the coping mechanisms and patterns people have because i'm able to be just quiet and in my environment yet kids bring noise and chaos and mom you need to get me here and I got to go do that and you know so I I fluctuate between the two and as much as I'd love to stay in one place that's not who I am I'm a mom and I am a friend and I am all these other things as well we are a multifaceted prism of light we are not meant to be just one thing we are meant to be multiple things and I am 3d as well as 5d Mm. Beautiful, Kel. Thank you. Yeah. Mike, brother, did you have anything else you wanted to speak about? I would love if Kelly would, my, I guess, my, correct me if I'm wrong. 
to experience, we spoke about the beauty of this divine union that lives within or can live within when we merge the two, divine masculine and feminine in our inner union. And that would be a highlight for everyone who's like, I want to get to there, I want to get to there. But I truly believe that you would have to have navigated the dark night of the soul first to have experienced, to get to experience that. So for, the, for our listeners who may be currently navigating that dark night of the soul, or maybe it's in their future, do you have some words of wisdom that would help them either in this moment or when it arrives, when and if it arrives? I- yeah, well, I, I, if we were talking about Dark Night of the Soul, I think one of the biggest things that I see and people need to be aware of is that it's an awakening and you're awakening to your stuff. So most people become heavily in judgment and they judge the judgment and they get stuck, right? So we, we don't allow ourselves to witness things and just observe with a curious mind and we actually get caught in those stories and and feel more wounded and like we're like oh the things we're doing is not working a lot of the time they're working because you're actually awakening to your stuff you're being presented with more of your patterns and more of the things that you need to address to evolve or even just to get to know yourself um i see a lot of people come to me and say oh i need to get rid of this 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 experience or this this pattern or characteristic that I have. And I'm like, it's part of your human blueprint. Like I could turn around and say, you know, independence, I I received that as a child through partly through wounding. Right. But it is actually part of my human blueprint and my human design. So I'm not to get rid of something that is me. I actually need to integrate through my healing to realize that was part of my soul's path. Um, and then nervous system, working your nervous system. If you're, if you can start to ground and raise your vibration and prime your body and, and just get interested, listening to where you're being drawn to. I was drawn to information around the masculine and feminine, you know, of looking at healing for relationships, but it was actually healing the internal relationship with self that all of those experiences were actually teaching me how to evolve and be a better relationship to me. And if we have the ultimate relationship with self, we're going to experience that externally, right? We seek something external to fix internal. It's actually the internal work that fixes the external. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you for that. So well answered, Kel. Thank you so much for making the time today. I just, you know, when I I keep saying so well answered, but like literally every word and the way you're explaining everything just just is like, yes, yes, yes to me. So, um, you know, I really mean that and just love, love your brain. I love your soul. I love your energy. I love the essence that you bring and you're just such a safe and um, you know, joyous container for so many. So really deeply honoring the work that you do and all the magic that you're bringing to all those incredible people. Um, where can people see you if they want to book a session with you? You're, I think, on the Gold Coast in Australia and, you know, websites, stuff like that. Where can people find you? Yeah, so I do work internationally. Um, so I've been working internationally for years now, um, but I do a lot of in-person consultations here on the Gold Coast. So, um, and they can find me at www.energeticallyinspired.com.au. I'm on Facebook as Energetically Inspired. 
Um, I've got an Instagram, though that's still fairly fresh. I got hacked last year. That's a whole other story. But anyway, so a lot of those things are fairly fresh. It was like the ultimate clean out of my old past and bringing me yeah. into a new energy, right? Um, so, yeah, but I basically, if you just search for me on www.energeticallyinspired.com.au, you will find me. And I'm also on Google and YouTube and everywhere. I'm everywhere. In all the places. I am in all the places. It's good. I'm spreading myself out and connected to everything. Yeah. Wow, Kel. Thank you again, hey? You're very, very welcome. I'm very honored to come here and share today and allow it to unravel as it needed to. We'd love mm. to have you on again sometime. And I was I was thinking when you were saying, you know, and I have my 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 days when it's not all like that and you know, something like that shit hits the fan or whatever you know however you explained it and i thought you know what when, when, next time that happens call us because let's get you on here if you're open to it and we can see what it's like for you on one of those days because i'd love to see that you know that's what this is all about and we show up on those days like mike and i've had a few of them so yeah we just hit record well, people people love it people love your your realness and your rawness they want to feel like yeah, we're all the same to some degree, you know, and it was a big piece for me to learn. Like I said, that when I had to integrate my wounded healer, I was avoidant of it for a while. And um, trust me, I have days that are heavy. And <laughs> yeah. so that's human. We're human. We're meant to feel that, right? It's, it's mm. yeah, it's part of the journey. Beautiful. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so 